This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis. This is not for boys. Watch out, I'm losing faith. I think I need to slow my pace. I gotta watch out with what I'm doing. Full speed towards my ruin, I'm complaining. It's just I'm saying, I can't remember his name. I'm feeling stressed out. I could use a drink. Just one shot to help me think. I better stop what I'm doing, cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that I'm used to. I better watch out. Too busy hiding from the pain, but I'm the only one to blame. I gotta watch out. I'm looking for a better way. There's got to be a better way. Watch out. I know we all make mistakes. It's hard to get through the haze. I gotta watch out. I'm looking for a better way. There's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be, 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 gotta be a better way. I gotta watch out. I'm starting to sink. So easy to choose the feet. Watch out. I'm pushing my luck. Still chasing the buck, paranoia got me seeing things. The smoke has gotten to my brain. I'm feeling pressure, but I feel no pain. And my number going insane. I better stop what I'm doing, cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that I'm used to. I better watch out. Too busy out from the pain, but I'm the only one to blame. I gotta watch out. I'm looking for a better way. There's got to be a better way. Watch out. I know we all make mistakes. It's hard to get through the haze. I gotta watch out. I'm looking for a better way. There's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be, 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 gotta be a better way. 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 Gotta watch out. And welcome back to Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of Chelsea and me, David Lewis. Our opening track this week was from musician, vocalist and presenter, China Moses. She released an EP back in 2016 called Whatever, and we just listened to a track called Watch Out. Next play on Straight Ahead this week is Dave Lewis, a sax man that you can see streaming live, streaming from the club this coming Saturday the 16th. Details of uh, how to watch the live stream I'll give to you later on in the show. He's going to be there along with his quartet, which comprises of Robin Aspland on the keys, Neville Malcolm on the bass and Rod Young on the drums. And we're going to go back to one of Dave's albums called Under the Sun and listen to Casablanca. Different from the rest A camera and a motorbike Were all that you possessed Standing by a lamppost Taking in the scene There wasn't there about you Of the movie screen 
Night fell fast around us as we talked of many things. Time slipped like mercury between our fears and dreams. You spoke of Casablanca, you'd be going there one day. It might hold the answer to what you could not say. You were looking for that cafe between the desert and the sea. Looking for that woman who will break your heart in three. Scorpio, when you came into a dream, you said, Come into the river, cross over to my side. It is fast and dangerous, but it will be all right. You were looking for that cafe between the desert and the sea, looking for that woman who will break your heart in three. guest on the show this week is bassist, band leader and composer Kyle Eastwood. We'll be hearing from him first in around about 20 minutes and featuring tracks from his latest album, Cinematic, which, as the title suggests, are all reworks of film titles that you will no doubt know. Next to play is uh, one of our great friends at the club, Jamie Cullum. This is his version of the standard Devil May Care. Okay. 
cares for me I'm happy as I can be I learned to love and to live Devil may care No cares and woes Whatever comes later goes That's how I'll take and I'll give Devil may care When the day is through I suffer no regrets I know that he who frets Loses the night For only a fool Thinks he can hold back the dawn He who is wise never tries to revise What's past and gone Live love today And come tomorrow what may Don't even stop for a sigh It doesn't help if you cry That's how I'll live and I'll die Devil may care Suffer no regrets I know that he who frets Loses the night For only a fool Thinks he can hold back the dawn He who is wise Never tries to revise What's past and gone Live love today And come tomorrow What may Don't even stop for a sigh It doesn't help if you cry That's how I'll live and I'll die Devil may care Devil may care Devil may care, devil may care. Always a total pleasure to play Jamie Cullum on the show and uh, look forward to playing some more Jamie this year, hopefully with some new music that's uh, being rumoured to be released later on in the year. Tony Kofi was one of our guests on the show last year, and I'm glad to say that he's just received a prestigious Presto Music Award for his album, Another Kind of Soul. So it gave me a great excuse to play a track from that album. And this, of course, is a live recording, and it's his version of Operation Red Basket.
with Andy Davis on trumpet, Andrew Claydon on bass, and Alfonso Vitale on the drums. That was a track from Tony Kofi's award-winning album, Another Kind of Soul. So apart from featuring the music and listening to the interview with Carl Eastwood during the show this week, we shall also be listening to tracks from Roy Hargrove, from Andrew McCormack, Quentin Collins and Brandon Allen, all part of the band that you've heard Carl talk about or will hear Carl talk about, and we'll be finishing the show with something beautiful from Kenny Burrell. Next up is Buddy's Bit, though, from The Roar of 74, and this is Senator Sam.
Buddy's bit this week, Senator Sam. So a trumpeter that we lost way too early. Just over two years ago was American trumpeter Roy Hargroves. He released an album in 1993 called Approaching Standards. As you'd imagine from the title, it was uh, full of jazz standards and his interpretation of them. And we're about to listen to Whisper Not. Thank you. 
just before meeting our guest of the week, Carl Eastwood. Let's listen to an artist that you're going to be able to hear live streaming from the club this weekend on Sunday the 17th of January. The, the month is passing very quickly. From 8 o'clock, as all gigs currently are, you'll be able to watch and listen to Rob Luft performing on stage alongside Alina Dooney. Rob, of course, released an album that was critically acclaimed last year, Live as a Dancer, and from that set, we're about to listen to Sad Stars. guitarist with an amazing future in front of him and that was sad stars from the album life is a dancer that he released to critical acclaim last year so it's now time that we get to meet this week's guest composer band lead and bassist kyle eastwood towards the end of 2019 kyle and the band released an album called cinematic which was their take on some very famous movie theme songs of which i'm sure you're going to recognize most of them and at the start of the interview we're going to listen to the band playing bullet you're listening to me david lewis and this is straight ahead if you want to know what's happening at the six check out the website at 606club.co.uk
Our guest on the 606 Club Straight Ahead show this week is bassist, composer and band leader Kyle Eastwood. Kyle, hello and welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Not so bad, not so bad. So how are you keeping? Are you healthy? It's a question I think we should start with. I'm uh, healthy so far. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I've avoided the... Uh... Or the virus touch wood. I know we were talking just before we started recording. Apparently, you're locked down pretty much like we are. We only a few like, takeouts open, and that's about it. Yeah, well, I went back and did some gigs in uh, in France in October, and everything was open more or less mm. there then. But uh, they shut down in November first, so the rest of the tour got canceled. And uh, yeah, I've been back since the middle of November, and then they shut down around that same time here. So. Yeah, it's pretty slow. Yeah, well, I think we'll get around to the impact that's had upon you as a musician a little bit later on. But you're over in the uh, Santa Barbara, do you say we're talking to you at the moment? I am, yeah. I live, uh, part of the year I live here, and then a good deal of the year I'm in, I'm in Europe, you know, playing and, uh, and in Paris in particular. So, if it's okay with you, should we go back to your, the young man and uh, influences of music? I, I know that you're, both your parents are very keen on listening to jazz, and I think your grandmother was also a teacher. Yeah, my uh, maternal grandmother was a voice teacher at Northwestern University in Illinois. And um, um, uh, yeah, my, both my parents are big, big jazz fans. So that was usually the music of choice that was playing around the house uh, uh, when I was growing up. You know, a lot of records always being played. So, uh, you know, that and blues and, you know, the odd Johnny Cash record here and there. But, <laughs> uh, uh, was it the, what kind of style of music were your mum and dad listening to at that point? Was it kind of the straight head, the Miles, the Donald Birds, the yeah, Coltrane's? Like big band music, a lot of big band, you know, Count Basie and Duke Ellington. And, um, um, this is stuff yeah, I was brought up on. A lot of, a lot of group of music they grew up listening to, you know, in the, in the, the 40s and, you know, 50s. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, quite a healthy dose of jazz growing up and musically when did you start to begin to show some interest in actually playing was that as a youngster or was it a little bit later in life well my father plays piano and um so he used to play and he kind of taught me a little bit and started you know we would play and he'd show me the left hand part so i would play like the bass parts of like sort of like boogie woogie things you know he'd teach me how to sort of you know, play like a bass line or walk a bass line. So, so we play stuff together and I started taking piano lessons, I guess when I was about seven or six or seven, something like that. And studied piano for a few years. And I picked up guitar and bass when I was maybe 12 or 13. I guess The piano seems to be the bedrock for so many of you guys. It seems the, the I guess when you're moving on compositionally, then it's a great tool to have, but uh, it seems to be the bedrock for learning to read and just getting your idea around music. So many of you guys started on piano. Yeah, I mean, mostly I, when I write something, I, I usually sit down at the piano and come up with, you know, the chords or a melody and like, you know, sort of a little motif or something and, and, and start from there. I mean, it's, occasionally I'll write something and start out on the bass, you know, if it's, if it's yep. something that's particularly like a bass featured thing or more of a sort of solo bass thing. But, but yeah, mostly I usually write at the piano. And I understand one of the family's uh, regular excursions was to the Monterey Jazz Festival, wasn't it? It was, yeah. My father, he attended the very first one in 1958, I think it was. And um, and I grew up just about 15 minutes down the road from where the festival's held. So, um, yeah, I started going. He took me out there when I was, I guess, about 10, I think, in 1977, I guess, maybe. Or, and, um, yeah, the first concert I remember seeing out there was uh, the Count Basie big band. Oh man, seeing them at a festival, that must have... The band, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seeing Count Basie's band at, at the Monterey Jazz Festival, it's kind of like the Newport Jazz Festival, there's a couple of, a couple of seminal festivals that we all wanted to be a part of, and you were there. 
Yeah, it was it was quite fun. I remember being quite impressed, you know, with the, it kind of actually got me interested in the drums at that point because I remember watching from the audience for the first half of the, of the of the set, and then we went and watched them from the side of the stage for the, for the last bit of it, and before my father went to say hi to some of the musicians, and uh, I remember being kind of close to the to the drummer side of the stage and being really intrigued by the by the sort of power of the. You know, the drummer driving this big band. Yeah, I've often said on the show, if people haven't been to see like an eighteen-piece big band, that the the sound that it produces is is like nothing else, is it? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I like I'd grown up hearing big band records on you know on on the turntable, but it's quite a different thing when you when you see one in person, you know, from a few feet away. You know. <laughs> And so you went off to study, and it was actually, you studied film, didn't you, at the University of California? I did, yeah. I was at USC for a, a brief a brief tenure there as a, um, as a film major. But um, yeah, I was getting more and more into doing, I was doing music as well. And I got more and more serious about, you know, playing and practicing and, and uh, started entertaining the idea of being a musician at that time when I was about 18. So, uh, so I, I left. Went and went went into music full time and kind of never never looked back. So, so how and why did that transition happen? And obviously, you had an interest in film, and with the family background, I understand why. So, you went off to uni to begin studying it. From what I'm gathering, from your body language, you decided that studying film wasn't for you. Was it at that point that music began to be the pivotal role and and where you wanted your focus to be? Well, I'd always loved music. You know, I mean, I grew up growing up. I mean, music and and, and cinema. You know, was always the two things that I love the most, you know, um, as you can imagine, I watched, grew up watching a lot of movies and, you know, with, with my family and watching my father make films. But, um, yeah, I was kind of interested in maybe to, to maybe try being a director, but, um, but yeah, but when I turned 18, I started really getting more and more serious about music. So it was kind of a yeah a pivotal time where I, I decided that maybe music was what I loved the most and, um, I should follow that and see see where it took me and that's been since 1987 i guess and so the bass how did that uh, have a calling for you where did you begin to find that passion i kind of started teaching myself bass really i you know i studied piano for a few years and then i, I learned a, like a few chords on the guitar for this film that i'd done when i was acting with my father in a film called honky tonk man so mm-hmm. uh, somebody taught me some guitar chords um and um so i started kind of messing around with that and then i i just kind of picked up the bass and, and started teaching myself on electric bass really because I, I had a lot of friends in in high school who were musicians and some of them quite good and accomplished and much more so than i was at the time and uh, so they were they were always looking for a bass player you know someone to play with you know so uh, so i kind of just picked it up and started teaching myself bass and so it came naturally yeah i've often found this to be the way that uh, the instrument seems to find you and that everyone has that if you're musically inclined you kind of have that one instrument that just you understand you pick it up and it just makes sense and i'm guessing that's how it was with you with the bass yeah someone i, I borrowed this electric bass and uh, so someone showed me how to tune it and i you know and then i around the same around the same time i learned a little bit of guitar so then yeah i just started playing it and it just kind of, you know, I just was listening to records and trying to figure stuff out and it just kind of made sense to me, made sort of fit. So, What's the the jump like? As a young musician, when you started out on the electric bass, then going to the upright, to the double, do the skills transfer easily or are they two very different disciplines? I mean, certain things transfer. I mean, it's, I mean, it's sort of basically a similar instrument, but it's, I mean, it's quite a bit different as well in a lot of ways. And it's, it's certainly a lot more physical and, um, um, you know, you have to, there's a lot more 
it's, it's a little bit more personal in some ways. I mean, I, I like playing both really, but, uh, but I have a sort of special place in my, my heart for the, for the double bass. But, uh, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, it started for a couple of years on electric and then I, I sort of jumped into doing acoustic bass and studying that. And I kind of put away the electric for a couple of years really. And then, uh, then got back to, to doing both. But, um, but, uh, yeah, double bass is, it's kind of, uh, special one it's a, it's a beautiful instrument to look at and it looks like it's going to be a temperamental lady to tame as well are they Sometimes it can be yeah <laughs> depending on you know weather and sort of lots of different things and yeah it's 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 frustrating sometimes but you know i'm assuming just the, the easy instrument to travel around with either, i was so. just going to say I, the logistics of getting them to a gig <laughs> it can't, can't be the easiest right. instrument. people say to me in airports oh i bet you wish you had picked up the uh, piccolo you know or something <laughs> Oh, and I'm looking at you now. What I guess is your music room. There's what three lovely looking basses hanging behind your head. Oh, yeah, guitars. Yeah, I've got a couple electrics here and a couple uprights around. But, yeah. And of course, back if we go back to the '90s, you got signed to Sony, didn't you? That's I think your first signing of a record label. I did. Yeah, my first uh, album of my own. Yeah, on at cover Columbia. Yeah, in uh, 1997 or eight, something like that. Yeah. And then a UK label got you. The Candid, can, yeah, Candid Records got you. That's when I yeah I moved I was living in London for for, for about a year and a half or so and uh, had met Alan Bates uh, had Candid uh, Records and um, I actually had a record that I had sort of been making myself for off and on for a few months and uh, it was already sort of in the in the can so to speak so mm-hmm. yeah um, he was interested to put it out so um, I, I signed a deal with them and put that album out and subsequently about two or three or more after that and later. And did the transition to being a band leader, was that something you'd always had at the back of your mind? You fancied having your own bands, your own quartets and quintets together? I had it. When I, I lived in Los Angeles, um, well, after I was at USC, I, I was living in Los Angeles and uh, and um, started playing around with a bunch of different musicians uh, around the LA sort of scene and uh, and started playing in orchestras a bit, you know, doing, or from, doing film music. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I put, that was around that time that I put together a quartet of my own, a jazz quartet of my own, and, uh, and um, started composing, you know, tunes for that, and just doing gigs around different, like in the local clubs around Los Angeles, and uh, so yeah, that's where I sort of got my first experience doing that. And obviously, you've done a lot of scores for movies. Now, how does that work? Do, do, I don't mean to ask a naive question, but it's maybe something that other listeners would be interested in too. Do you get to see a rush of the movie or something? Do they give you the frames that you're working to, or the scenes you're working to? Then you have to yeah. take your steer from that. Usually, yeah. Usually, I, I usually watch the whole film through, you know, more or less in some sort of rough edit, you know. And, you know oh, so it's of, that later stage. If the movie's more or less shot by the time it comes usually, to music, yeah, and the music and the sound effects and and stuff like that is like usually the last thing to go in. You know, I mean, unless it's something that's a piece of music that's featured in the film that you're working on, or you know, you're working on earlier that has to be, you know, worked into the film. You know, mm. it's. it's of somebody performing in the film or something, but, um, but, uh, yeah, usually I watch, um, I'm well, but I mean, with my father, it's different because sometimes I get a chance to read the script, you know, mm. while he's on the film. But, um, yeah, normally I think you sort of, you, you watch the film all the way through once and get an idea of the, the sort of the feeling of Feel. it, you know, and the, and the pace of it and stuff like that. And then, then I usually kind of pick like maybe three or four scenes that, are the most important musically, you know, that really need music and, and that are sort of need like a theme. And then I get those on like a DVD and take it home and 
just put it on and sit down at the piano and try and find something that fits. And then past there, do you decide how big a band you need? What if it's a solo piece? Is it given to you? Are you almost like the musical director of that part of the movie? Yeah, I mean, you work sort of hand in hand with the director a bit because I mean, usually the director has an idea of something that he sort of hears in his head or how he sort of would like something to to sound maybe. And uh, depending on who the director is, you know, they may have more direction or or less direction in that department. But um, but um, yeah, I usually work with the director and kind of you know come up with come up with some different themes and different ideas for for some things. And if if they like the, the direction you're going in, then you sort of run with it and presumably you end up having good relationship or better relationships with certain directors i take you know you're going to work well with x y or z and it's kind of a more relaxed atmosphere would it be well when i work with my father yeah i know i pretty much know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know how i know how he works and i know how he what he likes you know so it's uh so yeah a little advantage in that in that in that respect but uh um yeah it's, it's different i mean sometimes sometimes you come up everything you come up with the director likes immediately and Sometimes you have to go and tweak things a little bit or, you know, or he has certain things he wants different. So. And is the recording of a movie soundtrack mechanically different to going to the studio to record for an album? Well, with movies, usually I work on the computer quite a bit, you know, and, and sort of mock things up, do like little mock-ups of what you think it's going to sound like with, with, with samples and with cream samples and things like that. And then, yeah, once it's all sort of written and, and, and sort of sequenced where you want it in the film, then you you write it, it's all written out, and then you go in the or, in the into the studio with the orchestra or with whoever whatever instrumentation you're using, and uh, and record it from there. So that's the, the final process.
And finishing up the first part of our interview with Carl there with the John Williams composition, The Iger Sanction, another track that you'll find on Carl's cinematic album, available on all the normal platforms. And we shall be hearing from Carl more in a short while's time. But he mentioned some of the great big bands that he grew up listening to and some of the festivals, such as the Montreux Jazz Festival that he went to with the family. Well, I thought we should listen to a little bit of Duke Ellington from the Newport Festival of 59. We're going to listen to a great version of Newport Up.
And if you love your live jazz, that's an album that you need to add to your collection. Duke Ellington and his orchestra live from Newport. And we just listened to Newport up. Still to come on the show, music from Yasm Hansler and also from the members of Carl's band, Quentin Collins, Andrew McCormack and Brandon Allen. So as we go back to the interview with Carl, we're going to start off with a theme song that you're going to know oh so well. A Henry Mancini composition, and this is Pink Panther. Listen online, on DAB and on smart speakers. Straight ahead, with London's leading music venue, The 606 Club. Thank you. 
and getting back to the, the live side of music, I know, again, just before we started recording, you said you spent a good few years over in London, not too far away from the Six. And I know you've played a few times down at the club as well. So do you like the London style of life and the recording scene over here, the jazz scene over here? I do, yeah. I know that's what I've quite a few musicians that I've uh, worked with and have worked with over the years uh, around London. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of great clubs there. It's a really great, great music scene. I think there's a lot of great, great, great players, you know, around. And uh, I've always really enjoyed playing with musicians there and uh, playing the six and uh, Ronnie's, and, Ronnie's yeah. Press and all those clubs. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a pretty healthy music scene. I think there, especially for jazz. I think, it always has been. I think we're pretty proud that we do have a vibrant scene here. And obviously at the moment, you're playing with a predominantly British band as well because the way you and I got to meet was through Quentin, your trumpeter. And Brandon's another regular with you who been yeah. on the show. We've talked to, to about, and Andrew McCormick on piano. It's a British band, basically, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They're all London-based musicians, yeah. Um, uh, Andrew, I've been working with for, I guess, since back then when I was living in London, I met him and we started been working together quite a bit since then. So about 15 years or so. And uh, Quentin, at least about, I think maybe 10 or so, 10 or 11 years I've been working with him. Brandon, has, uh, he's been in the band about the last four or five, I think. And then Chris Higginbottom has been playing drums for about four or five years as well. And this isn't just a pickup band, is it? These are guys you try to tour with as much as possible. No, these are guys that I've been touring with quite a bit and I've made, you know, some of them made the last four or five albums with, you know, Brandon and Chris have done the last two or three, I guess, two records on their albums. I guess. But um, yeah, the guys I've been, I've been working with, and we, we write music together and, and they, they contribute compositions to the, to the albums and, uh, and arrangements to some of the, some of the tunes as well. So, I mean, having ascertained you've managed to stay healthy through the course of the last uh, almost year or so, <laughs> like every other musician, Ooh, gigs have yeah. been... <laughs> yeah. Well, you're looking very well, certainly. I'm a little bit, not be able to play music or, you know, travel anymore. I mean, I, I really enjoy traveling, you know, and, and, uh, getting, and going around and playing live. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a tough year. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like every other musician, the live scene's been ripped away from under you, but at least I'm guessing through that time, the movie industry was still pretty much open for business, was it? You could still... Well, there's been a few little things, but not it's, a lot of that's been stopped as well. You know, I mean, they, they, they've just started getting back. My father actually just made a film, which he just finished shooting just like a few weeks ago. Um, just before Christmas. So, um, and there's a few productions going, but not nearly as many. I think they're hoping to get back in the swing of things like in 2021, but, uh, no, there's been, a, there hasn't, there hasn't been a whole lot going on, you know, in the, in the movie industry either. So, so what's been keeping you busy then? Have you, cause everyone's used the time differently. Um, yeah, I've just been practicing and trying to work on some new things and, uh, try and write a little bit of music and, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, trying to stay, creative you know it's i i it's it's it's, it's difficult sometimes because I, I always like to you know having a deadline or having something coming a project coming up having a project coming up is a good motivator for me you know or something to do you know so it's um having to sort of just bind yourself to do something it's sometimes it's uh it's tough but um no i've just been yeah i've just been trying to tend to write a little bit and and keep in shape, you know, physically nothing, nothing, based. Yeah, well, yeah, that would do it. But no, nothing works better as a motivator than fear of a deadline. That's absolutely yeah. the truth. I mean, when it comes to working on stuff in the studio and film music, it's always a 
deadline's always a good inspiration, you know. <laughs> so are there, are there albums in the offing for you at the moment? Is that what you're – I know you said the movie industry is coming back to life, but you, you can still record albums, albeit remotely, which I know is not the same vibe, but uh... – yeah, I mean, you can still record. I mean, yeah, I know some people have been recording during the, the last year or so. But um, no, I haven't done anything with my with my band this this past year. But um, we were supposed to be touring in 2020 for the last album I just put out at the end of 2019. It came out um, cinematic. Cinematic, all, yeah. I was listening to that today. Music pieces that we sort of arranged and uh you know worked out for the band to play but um yeah so we had a big quite a big tour arranged for 2020 which mostly went uh, by the wayside unfortunately but uh um so i'm hoping we'll get back to it and, and and catch up on all those gigs and the tour this year but um fingers crossed <laughs> that cinematic album i was listening to it i think the first track's bullet isn't it it is yeah, yeah. great arrangement yeah. lovely right and it's just got a cool vibe to it isn't it um, well, it's kind of always had a great bass line to it, and I love Lalo's music, you know, and, uh, and he's, he did a few scores for my father over the years, and uh, and uh, had actually opportunity to play with him once um, live at a concert in Paris a few years back, so um, yeah, Bullet was always a favorite of mine, you know. Good, good baseline on it. So it's I might be about to drop myself in it and show extreme naivety here. Did Lalo do the the score for Jaws? Mm, uh, no, John Williams did John, that so. one. Uh, Lalo did um, Dirty Harry. Right, did right, right. Harry films, I think, like three of the four of them, I think, and um, and uh, Lalo did Mission Impossible and uh, of course Bullets and uh, a bunch of stuff over there. Much a lot, quite a bit. Quite a prolific career in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I say, I played a lot of his music. It's always got that certain vibe to it. It's got a very cool sound to it, hasn't it? Yeah, well, he was a great. I mean, he was. He started out playing piano with Dizzy Gillespie, and then sort of got into doing film, film and TV work, and you know, had quite a great career. You know, writing great tunes from from there. So, have you noticed? Any change in the scene going forward this year? Have you had anybody, any promoters getting in touch saying, look, can we book you in, pencil you in for May, June, July, hoping that the summer season might open up? Well, stuff keeps getting shifted. So um, I'm supposed to go back to, to Europe and do some gigs in Italy and start the spring tour there in, in March. And some of those were gigs that, some of those were gigs that were supposed to have happened in March last year. So um, I'm hoping we'll, it'll get, we'll get back to it. I don't know. Um, it's not looking good at the moment, but I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we'll get back to it. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff has sort of been flipped over from last year to, to 2021. I noticed on your website you said had those tour dates to Italy and France up, and I wondered how current that was. You're so as it stands right at now. At the moment, they're supposed to happen, but I don't know. That's well, that remains to be seen. It could be closer to March, I guess. <laughs> and uh, when you're away from the bandstand, what's your sort of your big hobbies? What's your passions? Um. Well, I like, um, I mean, when I'm here in California, I like to do a lot of outdoor stuff, you know. I like to, like, bike ride and stuff. And uh, when the weather's warm, you know, I like I like swim in the ocean, you know. I like swimming in the ocean uh, and do water sports and stuff like that. So I, I try and catch up on that sort of stuff because it's not so easy to do that in, in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was just going to uh, say, this is a way to alienate somebody quickly. We're sitting here freezing at the moment. and <laughs> After this interview, you're going to go off and have a quick swim in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, you know, I do more, do more outdoorsy stuff, you know, when I'm here and then, uh, and then in Europe, you know, I get back to, to 
to doing more music and, and touring. And, and with your lifestyle that's been for so many years, a musician's lifestyle generally is quite nomadic. Has it been odd suddenly being very much home-rooted for almost a year? Have you found yourself going at all stir-crazy? A little bit. I mean, it's the longest, you know, I went without getting on an airplane for a while, you know, and going somewhere and, and touring and, uh, and going and playing, you know, playing a concert, you know, mm. for sure. Um, like I said, I did, we did get in a few before they shut down again back in October. And then uh, before that, it was like early March was when we did a few concerts, you know, so it was pretty much the whole year with with no live music, you know. So, um, yeah, it's a little... Uh, so very strange, strange times. <laughs> and just moving away from music questions for a moment, what's the kind of the COVID feel over there? Because here we're still very tentative and no one's quite sure what's going on. We've just been put into another full lockdown. Are people still nervous stateside about the whole COVID situation? I mean, I guess, I mean, some people are. I mean, some, it's, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've taken precautions, you know, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, in California, you know, you're supposed to wear a mask when you're outside or, you know, and uh, although, I mean, you know, if you go to the beach, most people aren't on the beach walking around with masks on or anything. But right. um, if, you know, as long as you're not close to people, close to people and stuff. But um, I mean, people have been taking it fairly seriously, I think, you know, because it's, it's particularly, I guess, you know, According to the media, it's been particularly bad here in California and, and not far away in, in Los Angeles. So, uh, so I saw this um, morning I, the, the Grammy yeah. the Grammys got cancelled, didn't they? Or postponed because of an outbreak. I, I would imagine, yeah, because I don't think there's they're they're doing really anything here right now. I mean, like mm. I said, you can't go to a, can't even eat outside at a restaurant in California right now. So it's, it seems um, crazy, isn't it? You can't so eat I, outside. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially when the weather's as nice as it is, especially right now. But, go, on, um, go on and tease us. What's your temperature today? What's it going to get up to? Uh, here in Santa Barbara, it's supposed to be about almost 70 degrees. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's making us feel slightly envious. I shouldn't really be keeping you that much longer. That is in Celsius. I guess that's what... When, uh, I don't know. That's about 20-odd, yeah. Yeah, 20, yeah, about 20, yeah. We're down to about six at the moment. I don't know how that converts back yeah. up, but we're cold, we're cold. So don't rush to get... I know, because you love Europe, don't you? You do spend generally a lot of time over in France and London. I do. I'd say more than half the year I'm usually uh, in Europe or travelling in Europe, you know, and I, 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 live in, I live in Paris, you know, when I'm not travelling. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I come here and... And uh, visit the you know my family and and I come here for work sometimes if I'm doing something on, on a film or sure in Los Angeles. Nice way to split up those sort of six months of the year there and then six months in Paris and London and so on. Yeah, it's not too bad. And I'm guessing you get to Europe in the summer. Would I be thinking rather than <laughs> yes, spring? Well, yeah, generally it's nicer to spend the winter in in, in California, I would say. But uh, it's it's um, yeah, I'd say spring, spring, summer, and fall. I'm, I'm Quite a bit of those that time i'm usually in, in europe yeah, i was gonna say you strike me as a smart man so i thought you'd probably pick those months to be over here <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i used to come back and visit my my family for the holidays so yeah, yeah like you know with mid-december through through maybe february it's if i can spend if i can be in california it's and I always like to, on these interviews, let people know where they can find you socially. Uh, on uh, Instagram, for instance, it's Kyle Eastwood, all lowercase. Twitter, it's the same, at Kyle Eastwood. And the website is kyleeastwood.com. And all your albums are on there as well. So people can buy albums directly from you, can't they, and check on your... I think, yeah, most of them. The new album just, just became available on my website. Or you can, I think you can order stuff from Amazon. But yeah, you can get it. Uh, should be able to get it on 
iTunes and stuff like that or, or, or on my website, yeah. And uh, we don't mention the Spotify and the streaming because uh, <laughs> I, saw <Yeah>. some, <laughs> I saw somebody over here today, a pianist that I, I know over here, was sort of saying, I don't know, 20 million streams and he's just made about 150 quid. It's kind of yeah, just laughable. It's it's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah. I had uh, somebody on the show recently making the point that Netflix have kind of got the model right. You know, if an actor has a film on Netflix, the stream revenue is actually okay. But for Spotify, Apple Music, so on, the streaming revenues just don't add up, do they? Yeah, I don't know how they're how that all worked out, but um, I don't know. I mean, the, obviously, the music business has some <laughs> some serious <laughs> issues in recent years. Doesn't but, it just? Uh, it's uh yeah I don't, I don't i'm not really on any of those the streaming things myself I'm i'm sort of still old school you know i still buy vinyl, vinyl. I, I still like like to buy cds you know or occasionally i mean I'll, I'll download something from you know buy it and digitally download it but yeah. um but most of the time i actually kind of like to buy the cd myself or the, or the album we can actually just sit and read about it that's the thing the other yeah, forms downloads are so cold. I miss going to record stores, and you know, you know, I was sort of gutted when all the Tower Records closed out here, and and, uh, and the Virgin Mega Stores and all that stuff. And you know, there's there's a, there's a handful of little ones left, you know, but they're kind of few and far between now. So it's uh, um, it's, it's kind of sad, but um, you know. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I'm a vinyl lover too, so play plenty of that stuff. I've got a good collection. I inherited quite a lot from my dad, and I love a big band. It's something we share because every week on the show I play something by Buddy Rich. Ah, yeah. I saw Great. Buddy about three or four times. I've had Kathy on the show a few times, and uh, I, I love that band without a doubt. Yeah, yeah no, he was amazing, yeah. And Ken- Kenton was one of your favourite big bands, wasn't he, around the house? Yeah, I love. I, I grew up, yeah, I love Kenton's band and the my my parents used to go see him quite often and uh I, and uh, yeah I, I mean they had a lot of his records so i grew up hearing quite a bit of that nothing <laughs> beats that infusion of growing up does it carl i won't keep you any longer you've got a, an ocean to go swimming um but <laughs> that sounds like a good idea yeah. <laughs> you're itching to get out there so thank you so much for being on the show and uh, if we hopefully when everything opens up i'll get to meet you over here in uh, a slightly warmer climb in london yeah, I, I'm hoping we'll be back there uh, maybe in the spring or, or, or sometime in the summer. But uh, yeah, here's hoping. It'd be lovely to actually meet you in person. All right. Kyle, Kyle Eastwood, thank you very much indeed, sir. No, thank you for having me.
hope you've enjoyed meeting our guest this week bassist Carl Eastwood don't forget check out his latest album Cinematic full of great versions of famous movie theme songs as you've just heard on the show the last track we listened to there at the end of the interview was Grand Torino so I thought it'd be a great idea if we listened to some of the musicians that uh, play with Carl as part of his band and their regulars over here on the UK scene and first of all I was going to start off with birthday boy <laughs> of a few days ago Quentin Collins Quentin was uh, kind enough to set me up with the interview with Carl so Quentin many thanks indeed and I hope you had yourself a great birthday he released an album last year road warrior and we're going to be playing from that album a track by the name of the hill straight ahead with david lewis
seriously good album, really is. Road Warrior from Quentin Collins, all about uh, life on the road as a musician, and we just listen to the hill. So as we take a look through the lineup that makes the band that plays along with Carl Eastwood, next we're going to focus on pianist Andrew McCormack, going back to 2006 and the title track from his album, Telescope.
And before we hear from Brandon Allen, who plays sax with Kyle in his band, time that we tell you about the streams that you can uh, listen to and watch at the club this weekend. On Saturday, it is Dave Lewis. And on Sunday, it is going to be guitarist Rob Lufter, along with Alina Dooney. Don't forget, both the gigs start at 8 o'clock. And to watch them, you need to make yourself an account. You only need to do that once. Go over to the website, 606club.co.uk. And once you've created that account, each week you can just log in and for the price of a pint of beer or a glass of wine, watch these fine artists from the comfort of your own home. So I said we were going to be listening to Brandon Allen. And this is from the uh, album that he released a couple of years ago with Tim Lapthorne. This is Running Away With Me.
Brandon Allen and Running Away With Me. So towards the end of last year, we played a couple of tracks in the new album from vocalist Yasim Hansler and his band, but one of the tracks that uh, I didn't get around to playing is this, Bridges. thousand bridges in my search for something real there were great suspension bridges made like spider webs of steel there were tiny wooden trestles there were bridges made of stone I have always been a stranger and I've always been From the past There's a bridge Made of sorrow That I pray Will not last There's a bridge Made of colors In the sky I above And I know That there must be
alcoholic rose to tell her where I believe the bridge must lie and I'll find it yes I'll find it if I search until I die when the bridge is between us we'll have nothing to fear we will run through the so much for joining me on straight ahead this week brought to you along with the 606 club of london and many thanks indeed to our guest bassist kyle eastwood so time for us to wrap things up this week and we are going to finish in a cool fashion as i promised you with something from guitarist kenny burrell from the 63 set this is the title track midnight blue take care and i'll see you at the same time next week